0: This is episode 49 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hey there, mamas. Thank you so much for being here for this episode of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am glad to bring you a conversation that I had with two of my sweet friends that you may recognize. They've been on the podcast before. They are Sarah Allard and Marilyn Harry. They have actually really journeyed with me closely as personal friends for a long time. And so I had them here because uh, we're talking about the subject of navigating the unexpected as a mom, partly because I have been navigating some extreme unexpected things in my own life these last few months and I wanted a way to share that with all of you. So we each share some of our own experiences going through stuff that we didn't quite expect to go through and how we navigated that. Um, I hope that you find some encouragement in that but I also just wanted to say that as I've listened back through this conversation in preparing to publish this podcast I just realized that it's so hard to capture just how challenging it is to have your world turned upside down when you just don't know what's coming and there's just a lot of transition and letting go of our expectations. So I hope as you listen to this conversation, you just find encouragement in the things that each of us share. And if you're going through a difficult time, please know that our Kindred Mom community is here for you. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you have any questions or want to engage on any of this topic, hop on over to our Facebook group and join in. I'm excited to have a couple of my sweetest, closest friends of all time here with me to share on this episode of the Kindred Mom Podcast. We are going to be talking about navigating the unexpected as moms. And here with me, I have Sarah Allard and Marilyn song Harry. Hi, ladies. Hey, it's great to be here. Yes, thanks for having us, Em. Yeah, this one's going to be a good one, I think, because there are just so many things we can talk about that we have encountered as moms and that we every day have to make decisions and change course and solve problems. And so that's kind of the inspiration for this episode. And I also have um, some personal updates that I'll be sharing a little bit later in the show. But to kick us off, I was wondering if you could share um, just some thoughts about what comes to mind when you think about one or several of your kids something that's unexpectedly wonderful about the season that you're in sure well right now I've got two kids
1: and my littlest just turned 19 months and it's just hilarious what comes out of her mouth Um, (laughs) just language exploration tonight she's going to bed and she's been sitting with her dad watching football and she said football from her bed Mm -hmm. that was so unexpected and sweet and um, I'm also just loving seeing the holidays through my kids' eyes at their different stages. So, 19 months and three and a half. Like, my son the other day did this project and they were asking him what he's thankful for. He's like, dinosaurs only. <laughs> just out of the mouth of babes, the things they say and how they see the holidays. And we did an early Thanksgiving and um, my daughter was just so into pumpkin pie, like crazy, passionate, loving pumpkin pie.
2: <laughs> Like, you get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. Oh, my five-year-old told me the other day that she wanted to have 10 boys someday and one mm. girl. And I was like, wow, okay, what what names do you want to have? Do you know what names? And she said, yes, I think Hala. I said, wow, okay, that's great. And then she goes, and then Benjamin mm-hmm. and Bob. <laughs> And then she goes in the past part. I just about died. Um, she just goes in window. (laughs) 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 Oh, I might have a grandson named window. Okay. So that was pretty funny. It's really fun. She's my baby. And, Five mm-hmm. years old and my oldest is 12 and it's just amazing I love every stage I just every time we get to a new stage I think oh I think this one's my favorite and then mm-hmm. they get to another one it's like wow and so my oldest being kind of a tween is just blowing my mind he's at school for the first time this year after being homeschooled and mm-hmm. just taking just his responsibilities so so seriously I've just been really amazed at what he's capable of. And so, yeah, kids are such a blessing and they just surprise you at every turn. And I just am thankful to be
0: along for the ride. Yeah, those are sweet stories. And I do think that all of motherhood is about navigating unexpected things. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard for me to just choose one thing that is unexpectedly wonderful about my kids. There have been lots of things. I think my oldest, she is more like me than I ever really thought. For years and years, my husband would always say she's just like you, and I'm like, no, she's not, <laughs> because there mm-hmm. were things about her personality that just sometimes bugged me, or you know, kind of rubbed against my insecurities. Or, um, but the more time I've spent with her, and the more I've watched her grow into a young woman, I'm like, yep she pretty much is mm-hmm. just like me. <laughs> and, um, in, a, in a way it's been great to have that mirror to see myself in a different way just as I look in on her life and the way she thinks and she is such a brilliant mind that's just so different than every other person I've ever met mm-hmm. and I know that even she is different than me in a lot of ways but just growing to value those unique qualities about her and has also helped me to begin just accepting some things about myself that for a long time I've just kind of been like oh I don't really like this about myself or I don't like that about myself but just seeing that some some of the things that we're really different from others in can be also strengths and a blessing so That's so great. Yeah. And you know I have lots of other sweet little moments my littlest guy right now is going to be three in a couple months. And he is at the language takeoff stage. He is doing full sentences and has a lot of chitter chatter and lots of stories to tell. And he's just funny because his sense of humor has definitely kicked in. He used to be a little bit more of an observer and he is pretty quiet in more public spaces. But when he's at home, he's just delightful and he's always trying to make a joke and make a pun and <laughs> those are just things that I'm treasuring right now because he's just so funny.
1: What a sense of humor such a gift in a family. Yeah
0: <laughs> pretty fun time so well I think that it would be great to dive into this topic a little bit more because I think when we are navigating unexpected things a lot of times they are unexpectedly hard unexpectedly challenging um, and just having to be ready to respond and make decisions about different circumstances or next steps that we maybe don't feel ready to make. I'd love to know if you can think of a time that you had to think on your feet in a situation and how it is that you encounter something and then formulate what your response is going to be if you don't really know what you think about it before you get there. Gosh, um, there's lots of times
2: that I've been caught off guard, like with every baby, for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That is honesty. laughs> um,
2: yes, truly. I mean, really none of them were planned, um, in our minds, but they were certainly planned in the heart of God. So, so Grateful that he knows better than we do. But Mm -hmm. probably the hardest one of my kids that was that really caught me off guard is I had two little boys at home that were 15 months apart. And Uh, The youngest was, let's see, he was nine months old, Mm -hmm. and I had just weaned him, which is maybe why it happened, and I got pregnant again, Mm -hmm. and so they were just going to be 17 months apart, and I was going to have three kids uh, in two and a half years, and like the span of two and a half years, so that happened, and I just... Fell apart. I just kind of burst into tears and Mm -hmm. just was like, whoa, that was not in the plan for me. And so, yes, it did take some adjusting, but I just feel like in those moments, it's okay to process and it's okay to feel all the feelings. And Mm -hmm. it's part of the journey of getting to the heart of the matter and addressing those. Because, you know, when you're in the fire and when things happen that you didn't plan, nobody burns gracefully, you know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you, it, it's painful. And it's it's all the things, all the impurities in your character just kind of rise to the surface. And your your unbelief, your lack of faith, your frustration, you know, all of those things happen. But I do remember the very first time that I felt the baby kick and I had had a hard time accepting that pregnancy for weeks. So Mm -hmm. I found out, you know, six weeks along or something. And I felt the baby kick maybe at 16, 17 weeks along. So it was was a couple rough months there. And Mm -hmm. I remember I felt the baby kick and I just knew in my heart at that moment that number one, it was a girl. Mm -hmm. And number two, that the, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me as it was one of the most clear times I've ever hear, heard the Lord speak to me. And he just said, you have no idea what a blessing she is going to be to you. Hmm. And I've just cherished that word and kind of carried it for the rest of the pregnancy, because I was seeing in the short term, I was seeing right now, and I was not able to comprehend the long-term blessing that was being given to me, and I was taking it as a burden instead of as a blessing. Anyway, that's that's probably the the most poignant one that comes to mind, although there's been many serious situations where I've struggled with unexpected, but um, yeah, that was a profound one for me. I'm thinking of
0: the shark tooth story
2: <laughs> oh oh well so if you want me to go light-hearted I can oh, totally tell you about the story, no, that's a story. story, story. okay
0: I'll tell this story
2: story um <laughs> this was with my fourth yeah and I have five kids and so this was my fourth and um David Shepard and he was about three months old and still in you know like the mustardy poop stage of babyhood and yeah. I woke up with him first thing in the morning, and it was his first diaper change of the day. Took off his onesie, changing his diaper, and swimming in this pool of mustard poop is a shark tooth. I'm not (laughs) kidding. And I just about lost it. I completely freaked out. I was like, what in the world? And the only thing that I can figure out to this day is that the little number three little girl, mm-hmm. you know, the blessing baby <laughs> had blessed this number four, her little brother because I'd seen her a few times take off like crumbs from the floor and stick it in the baby's mouth. Mm-hmm. And I told her not to do that. So I think she just found this little thing on the floor and gave it to the baby, mm-hmm. an infant baby, oh. and, made, and he swallowed it. And I'm just so thankful that I didn't know about it (laughs) because (laughs) I would have dropped, I would have taken him to the emergency. We would have had to do the whole nine yards and, you know, I'd be scared to death of like bowel perforation or something all night long. And it's just so random. And the Lord just made me blissfully (laughs) ignorant. It was the most random, bizarre story of my motherhood journey Mm -hmm. to date. And I hope to God so I never have another bizarre. situation like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was one for the books. Yes, it was, and he
0: was okay. Yeah, no problem. So <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Oh I don't have goodness. a sharp tooth story, but I was gonna say you mentioned like kind of the image of being in the fire and that refinement process, and I always think of. Unexpected things like being thrown into the deep end of the pool, because <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a very good swimmer and I don't really love the water. And so when I imagine myself being thrown into a pool, I haven't ever been, but when I imagine myself being thrown in, I just feel that sense of panic and I don't know how to swim. And what I have experienced myself is that so many of the times that I have hit an unexpected turn in our story or an unexpected baby or whatever the circumstances have been that it's never as terrible as it feels at the beginning. Like there are, um, there are things that are definitely like flash emotions, whether it's anger or grief or just like, what am I going to do? But I feel like Part of my response in general is to just stop and take a few deep breaths before those emotions dictate the trajectory of my response, I guess. So yeah, the the fire might work, but the the pool works for me. <laughs> <laughs> when I start
1: talking, it makes me think of this phrase I've heard recently, that hard doesn't mm-hmm. always mean bad. And I've just been really chewing on that because I think so often you know the curveballs or the hard moments are such defining moments, and it's what stretches us the most. And they really, you know, looking back become some of the most powerful moments in our motherhood journeys. And so I just think that that is so true. As your your ladies are talking, and I was thinking, one of my biggest toughest curveballs was when we were, got pregnant with our daughter. We were actually going through. It was a really tender time in our marriage, and not at all trying. And we had gone through infertility and then had our son and we're so thankful for him and wanted more children, but not in that moment. And yet in God's perfect timing, it was mm-hmm. exactly what we needed because it just put more on our load to really have to do the deep work that needed to be done anyways, that we were already working on. Um, they really intentional about working together as a team and rediscovering kind of who we were after kids because we had been married a long time before children. And, then uh, going to counseling and working on communication. And it was just so good. And to this day, I, we just joke, if we were not in the place we were marriage-wise now, after all that work, such a team, whew, we don't know if we could parent our daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a joy, but she is such a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> she really brings my husband and I together on a daily basis. Um, but she is just also just the sparkle in both of our eyes. I mean, It's just so amazing how, Kids come and there's certain timing and their little personalities and it's just a beautiful thing. And the poop story made me think of, gosh, my son locked himself in the bathroom at one time. I'm trying to think how old he was. He got this drawer pulled out. And that was one of my most stressful curveballs talk about in the moment because I hadn't locked my medicine cabinet. Like he had just started to really toddle around. And so I could hear him getting in drawers and thinking about the toilet. Oh my
2: goodness. (laughs) I was in
1: full panic. I could not get to him. And so one thing I've learned is always call 911. You can send them away, but just call. So I did do that. And then like last minute, I got him uh, out. And so I'm running outside like crying. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and you better believe I childproofed that cabinet that night. <laughs>
0: Toddlers always help you figure out what needs to be done around the house. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I would love to share some of what's been going on in my life uh, these last couple of months. There's kind of been a number of surprise things, which is really the inspiration for doing this episode. And the first announcement I'd like to make is that I'm expecting a baby. <laughs> so awesome. It was a very, very surprise baby. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we have been adjusting to that reality. Um, we're due in April of next year and just so excited about it. Um, but also it definitely has rearranged what this year, the school year is looking like. And so it's like a very happy surprise, but just it's probably the biggest shocker that I've had when it comes to a pregnancy. And so We are kind of rallying as a family, like I'm close to 20 weeks and I've just needed to really rely on my older kids to pick up the level of responsibility that they have around here. And I don't know, it's just kind of been a big change um, Mm -hmm. because... It's not what we were expecting, but... Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> that number is just a weird seven. number to think it's about a for a number. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's kind of one of those preposterous numbers, but it's my number, <laughs> so... Oh my goodness, it's great. I'm excited, and also we found out this morning the gender of our baby. Yes, yes. You know, Drum Drumroll. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a boy.
2: I knew it. Oh, I still called it. Oh, that's awesome.
0: awesome.
2: (laughs) You
1: said I was wrong. I was guessing girl.
0: (laughs) Anyway, that is awesome we have, I mean, our youngest right now is a boy. And so I'm just really starting to imagine them being little buddies. And, you know, my husband, I think his first comment was like, okay, another pair that's going to fight with each other because our older boys have been having (laughs) a lot of sibling stuff. I'm like, you know, not necessarily. We're going to train them from the first days. You guys are best friends. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We've learned a lot since our first pair of boys. (laughs) Obviously, we don't know what to expect with that, but I'm just excited. I think it's going to be great. I'm all about the oh, brainwashing. So That's exciting. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brainwashing <is laughs> long. That's the best kind, That's right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't lose your mind.
2: <laughs> oh, no, for real.
0: Oh, we're
1: so excited for you, Emily. I know this has been quite a journey to this baby, and you mentioned, I mean, just the curveball of expecting, but I know you've had a couple other curveballs mm-hmm. that. Um, the kindred mom
0: family, I would call it, you know, just our community would love to hear about? Yeah. So when I was about 10 weeks along and I hadn't shared with a lot of people outside of our local friends, our closer family um, that we were expecting, I started having some pain in my, it was like the middle of my back on one side. And for a few days, I just thought it was a muscular thing. Maybe I had like a rib out of alignment or something and just kind of was going to deal with it for a while because that's just kind of what moms do sometimes. And I didn't think it was going to be a super serious thing, but I ended up seeing like a massage therapist to try to loosen it up and get it uh, feeling a little better. And it got 10 times worse by the next day. (laughs) I was like, well, that was not smart. And um, then I had a morning that I coughed up some blood, which that'll get your attention really fast. And so I Uh ended up in the ER and had to do like six hours worth of tests, chest x-ray, all kinds of stuff. And I ended up being admitted with a diagnosis of a pulmonary embolism, which is just, I don't know, it still feels like... A really wild thing because I'm like, that did happen to me, but it's still in some ways is like, did that happen to me? That happened to me. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it kind of set, you know, our local community into motion, just coming around us, helping us. Um, it's been a, kind of a, a big learning curve for me to figure out, okay, what is this condition? How, I mean, of course, I have doctors that are helping to treat. The condition so that I'm not in as critical of a danger zone because it is I mean it's like when you look it up on Wikipedia it's like risk of death or risk of sudden death and I'm like oh that's yeah, not good yeah, <laughs> so it's, really um, mm-hmm. it's been a very challenging for a few months the actual clot itself in my lungs is probably more or less resolved by this point, but um, it just has taken so long. I mean, I wasn't sleeping in my own bed for seven weeks probably uh, because I had to be completely upright to sleep. And so I was on my couch with a bunch of pillows and I don't know, there's just a lot of very practical everyday logistical things I had to change because my Strength and endurance was just so much less than what I've ever had before. So it's been quite the upside down few months for me. And the physical stuff hasn't even been the hardest part. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That has also been a curveball, just realizing that, yes, physical limitations and health issues are so physically consuming. But I have found the more challenging part to be the emotional side and just really Mm -hmm. considering that I could have died. I mean, I processed that for several weeks. I'm not sure that I'm completely done with that even, but just very aware that life is such a gift and that mine has been spared. And I just want to really be intentional about my time and where I put my energy and how I mother my kids and spend time with my husband and so in some ways it's been really good to just kind of sharpen that desire and help me remember what things are the most important things and what things aren't. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what's yeah. been going on these days. So
1: good. Um thank you so much for humbly sharing your journey and I don't know what you feel like you could share, but I know our audience is probably curious. What does that look like? for this specific pregnancy kind of daily and as you continue on, are there changes that you've had to make with this diagnosis?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's different than any other pregnancy I've ever had. Um, I have a high-risk OB care team that is overseeing my care, and I'm having to switch away from my beloved home births that I've had for my last couple to a probably induced planned, highly managed um, birth at the hospital. And, you know, that is, I'm comfortable with being at the hospital, but I just had such positive experiences with my home births and my very quick labors that um, for me, it's been a little bit of an adjustment to just realize, okay, there is just so little about the situation that is in my direct control Mm -hmm. that what I can control is really my attitude and my, open handedness to what comes. And so yeah, it's it's changed a bit. I have care every day that I have to take care of myself in certain ways. I have injections twice a day. That's not fun. And just really I don't know, it's it's definitely taking this self care theme that I talk about a lot and making it very, very practical. And um it's good. It's very good. But it's also, it's been humbling to realize that even though I see myself as a a very capable person, and I am, that we're not always in all seasons going to be able to do everything that we want to do. And so things have had to get really simple around our house. And I've had to let go of even my desires to like, be organized and tidy and I don't know. Our house is definitely a fun spot right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, But, you know, the thing that is awesome is I I feel like my oldest three kids, I have a 9, 10, and 12-year-old. And they are just ready for some room to spread their wings a little bit and to grow in their leadership in our home and doing some more tasks around the house that are helpful. And I really feel like they have risen to that. So it's been a gift to just see them flourishing in knowing that they are needed, knowing that, you know, we have to band together as a family and help each other through because it's really a team effort when you live in a house that's this full. <laughs> so
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's been amazing to watch. It's because I'm local with Emily and it makes me just laugh thinking about your husband. When you find out, he goes, well, you're really committed to staying in touch with the kinder mom audience Mm -hmm. and what they need (laughs) being in the trenches. And you know, it's so true. Just, I mean, having a baby, how it changes you, it changes your family. I mean, each baby humbles us in different ways and we're all humbled and excited to watch Mm -hmm. you on that journey
2: and share you Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sure. So I was just going to ask you what, what do you think you would say to somebody that's going through uh, an upheaval in their lives right now that's unexpected? And what, what uh, word of wisdom would you get give them based on your own experience the last couple of months?
0: Really, for me, it has been re examining my priorities. And even though, you know, four months ago, five months ago, I would have said, these are my priorities, this is the order of business around here that that changes when something like this happens. And right now, the priorities are very, I have a very small circle of people that I communicate with, not because I don't want to be engaged with all of my internet friends or my, you know, friends that I might see um, in certain circles, but not are, are not necessarily my everyday support. And I am a high input, high communication, high connection person. And so to have my circle get this small out of necessity, like I just can't, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could answer questions from like 100 people for those first few weeks and months. Like, that's kind of why it's just now being announced and shared. Not because I really didn't want people to know. I, I have shared as I have had opportunities to, but just um, I think the thing that I would share about being in a time of upheaval is that simplifying things and getting to the very, very basic things of what you need, what your family needs. I don't know. It's just kind of taken some of the the ties I feel to projects or to things outside of our home and just realize that while that thing matters to me and I really want to tend that and take care of that I have to do it after I do this mm-hmm. and um, simplify I don't know I think this is a full-time job <laughs> I just think that we're so quick to throw our ourselves under the bus as moms like mm-hmm. you know like this is a at a point where the care that I need for myself in order to be healthy is so essential. It's not a choice. Like I have to take care of myself to be available for my children. And if I don't follow those steps and do those things, it's it's not only me that would suffer. And um, that's a very sobering idea. One of the things from these last few months that has been extra special to me is just seeing that my family as young as my children are. I mean, I do have a 12 year old, but she still feels young to me. Um, you know, she's just sweet and innocent about so many things. And this has afforded me a clarity and a simplicity to really engage with them on a personal level, just because I've unbusied myself, you know, and, um, Even some of the stuff we've talked about in Cultivating Home in that series last month. And I know there's themes in Kindred Mom where we talk about just connection with our kids. And, you know, I just have to say that for me, that is an ideal that I aspire to. That is something that I long for in my family but when it comes to, like, my natural tendencies, like, I'm a productivity maven. <laughs> I'm yes, like, I get things done. I dream up stuff that I want to do. I have lists. I have I have my hands in a lot of things. And, you know, there are some things about that that I love. But there are also some things that I just don't think I realized the sacrifices I was making in order to have that and do that. And mm-hmm. so... You know, and I I think there are seasons for that. I think there are seasons to be very productive and to enjoy that and to celebrate that. But for me, I'm just really giving thanks for the simplicity of this time. And there are definitely things that I don't want to forget about this experience, even as I heal, even as we move into welcoming a new baby and being in a new season as a family Mm -hmm. that's beautiful Um, how has your family handled it you're handling
2: it in your own ways
0: it's kind of um, different by the day Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes it's they are really banding together and, and being awesome like there's been, I mean, the kids, the older kids love to cook and love now that I'm not in the kitchen as much. Cause I've just, I mean, some of the limitations that I've run into is I just can only stand in the kitchen for like 10, maybe 15 minutes before I'm just tired and I have to sit down. Mm-hmm. And it's because you can't breathe it's so effectively, right? Yeah. It's so physical. Like it's not a choice like I'm being lazy now. I'm just going to sit down. It's like I cannot stand any longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, 15 minutes, even if I take that whole amount of time that I have possibly available in my energy tank, um, is not enough time to get through the dishes and to make a whole meal and to put all the groceries away. And so I really had to lean on the kids to make more food for one another and they have loved that. They have, I mean, first of all, they come to me with ideas about what they want to make. And I would say that the older two, they make batches of cookies like twice a week now, which I'm completely (laughs) fine with because I'm like cookie dough all the time. Uh, (laughs) I don't actually eat the raw cookie dough, I shall say, but I like having fresh, warm cookies. (laughs) And I didn't have to do a lick of work until they leave the bowl in the sink. Um, (laughs) But it's just been, I don't know, it's been good to give them opportunities to grow up a little bit. And, you know, the other side, I mean, I would say this last week or two has been probably the most challenging family-wise in the whole experience, just because I think exhaustion has caught up with everyone. Mm -hmm. Stress has kind of come out and I just feel like the kids are all angry. Everybody's angry at everybody. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just like, I'm here. I can hug you. I can help you talk it out, but I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. And even that is a, a layer of learning that we have to really navigate things with grace with each other and I think the words I say most often is kindness and love and how can you respond with kindness because I feel like first responses right now are short-tempered and you know not very understanding of one another and so there's been some of that too (laughs) but um I definitely think that it's growing their character. It's growing my character. And I don't know. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, growing pains are hard and growing pains are good. I watched your kids for your 20 week appointment today and saw a lot of what you're talking Mm -hmm. about just totally stepping up and let me do this. I'll cook the eggs. And it was just so sweet to watch your older three really stepping it up. And I'm excited to see how this season is as much as it's been hard that through those hard seasons, like I was saying earlier, it's the defining seasons for our families. And I really think this is a defining season for mm-hmm. the Allen family. Yeah. And it's just going to be really fun to see this little guy and what personality he brings into the mix and what joy yeah. after what is going to be some challenges. He's going to be mm-hmm. such a delight. Yeah.
0: Well, he looks so perfect on the ultrasound. Which it's just so, so in awe of seeing his spine and seeing all of his limbs. And I don't know, it's just when you think about what is – happening in your body when a baby is forming and growing there I'm just I know I've done it a few times but I'm still like oh my goodness <laughs> this is amazing and it's a miracle every time it is. so hmm. well I just appreciate having a little space to share all that stuff I feel like I've been keeping this secret from everybody <laughs> it's like oh I just want to share what's going on so um People understand why I haven't been on Instagram. (laughs) I haven't been around in a lot of ways, um, but it's it's for good reasons and there's a lot of good things going on here even though it's been kind of upside down too so
1: and that's why you have an amazing kindred mom team that's been cheering yes. you on behind the scenes too it's been amazing to they watch. are so
0: wonderful and nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes but they are carrying me and encouraging me and helping me not forget things because my mind has been definitely elsewhere when I'm like oh I'm supposed to publish something today or <laughs> <laughs> they're like Nudge, nudge, and like, thanks, guys, for helping me not fall on my face. Mm. It's really wonderful. <laughs> so,
1: they're amazing. And I bet a lot of people haven't noticed because Kinder Mom has just been going full force. It's been amazing yeah. to watch.
0: They're wonderful. Many thanks, ladies. Mm. Um, You're amazing. Um, We're well, cheering you on. Thank you.
1: Well, I love having you in my earbuds every week. I listen every week and just that soothing, authentic voice and not feeling alone and. It really is a blessing to all of us to hear. It's not something you do, and I, I feel like that's clear in every podcast. So that you because you feel like you have to be because it's an overflow of what you. You're just the joy you have in motherhood, and um, it is pretty amazing that you're stripping everything back but keeping the podcast going. Is an amazing
0: gift to all of us. Well, thanks. For me, it's just a little bit of sanity to have a tiny thing that I made. This isn't this lovely. <laughs> so anyway. Well, I would love to just ask a couple more questions since we are not just talking about me today, Mm -hmm. but um, I know that some of what has enriched my life as a mother has really just been that other women have shared their stories and experiences with me. I've kept my ears open and listened to what moms share throughout the years about every big thing, small thing, like how they you know, wean their child off of a pacifier, how they, I don't know, just all the things. And I feel a little bit more prepared when I get to a stage or a challenge that I haven't encountered before when I've heard about someone else's story. So that's one thing that makes me so passionate about women sharing even their most simple stories about motherhood, because mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot we can gain from each other. And so I'm just curious for you ladies, if there is a question you would ask of a mother who might be a few steps ahead of you, what are the questions you'd be asking right now? You know, I think for me, it's not a really a
1: particular question, but I just learned so much by watching other Mm -hmm. moms because I think sometimes I know what I need, but a lot of times I Mm -hmm. don't. (laughs) And um, I don't even realize I need it until I see it happen. And then I'm like, oh, that little nugget. It's just amazing. And so I think in my own life, um, what I really try to do is just seek out women that I see that I admire. Um, that I admire, you know, the way they mother and their children and that they are a step Mm -hmm. ahead and Just befriending them and trying to really do life, Um, even just being in their homes and seeing little details. Um, I just love picking up those nuggets and taking them away. And a lot of times I'll store them away or other times it's like, oh my gosh, I just had an aha moment. That Mm -hmm. was it. Like even you and I were talking like about my daughter and sleep, like maybe her nap's too long. Like that conversation wouldn't have happened if we weren't just having a conversation about how my day was. So I guess that would be my, my biggest encouragement is just... In order to get the wisdom, you got to be doing life with the other people and really seeking out those mamas that you think are doing it right. And it's an encouragement to them because we all feel like we're doing it wrong in a lot of ways. And so I also try to just say, hey, you're a mom I'm yeah. watching. And I really learn a lot from you. And I could just tell the moms I say that too. I mean, it so sincerely, and they just kind of pop up their chest and you can tell like that meant
2: a yeah. lot. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. I think I would ask, um, how are you holding your heart? You know, how are you handling this stage of parenting and of marriage that you find yourself in right now and how what's working and what's not working, you know, like mm-hmm. what, where have you stumbled and fallen a little bit and where have you stumbled into something that was really good and that's like, wow, that's really working for you. Um, and I would especially ask that of Moms that are a couple steps ahead of me, which in, for me right now, it's like I'm looking right down the barrel to the teen years and it <laughs> yes. kind of terrifies me. <laughs> and, so, <I'm> <laughs> yes, and so it's just so uncharted territory. And I find myself right now feeling much less sure of my footing as I did when they were little. I just, I'm the oldest of six kids. So I, Knew my way around the toddler years pretty well with my younger siblings, and then years and years of babysitting and all of that. Of course, is different when you have your own kids, but it did give me um, a lot of confidence mm-hmm. in navigating those years. But now I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know anything. Tell me everything. <laughs> Tell me what you know, yeah. because I just feel like the older they get, the more complex and the more individual and the more deep and the more uh, consequential everything seems. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I just am like all ears for mamas that have teenagers and and even beyond that, like, okay, Mm -hmm. what struggles have you overcome? And even what struggles are you currently going through? Like that's really beneficial information too. And it really makes, makes those people that you might have up on a pedestal, brings them down a few notches to where you're like, Oh, you're accessible. You, you understand yeah. you're not like up mm-hmm. there and just, you know, woman of faith and power that knows everything and you really are just like me. And yeah, so I love to hear about people's weaknesses and struggles just as much as I like to hear about their victories. Um, because
0: it's, really, it teaches a lot. Well, and I was going to say, I am right where you are. Our our oldest children are a month apart, so yeah. <laughs> I can't say I have teenager wisdom, but I have been thinking about this myself because of the very we are staring down. <laughs> and I just, you know, one of the things that has helped us in our marriage a lot is to remember that just because you think you know somebody doesn't mean they're not growing and changing and learning and That's especially true for our kids who are entering their teen years. And I just try to, and this is kind of jarring sometimes, like it's not something that just every day I wake up and I have this perspective, but I am trying to really step back and see my children for who they are and not who I remember them to be like a year ago. Because they are, mm-hmm. especially in this season that I just described for you guys, like I am learning things about my kids all the time. I'm like I didn't know you could do that. I like my my third born son. He told me, he's like, mom, when I grow up, I want to be an author, an artist, and a father. And I was like, Aww. oh, my and it's so sweet to just he hear those dreams vocalized and you know, these things that he's been working on those dreams of his heart for a while. It's not like something he just decided one random day, but there was a random day that I learned about that and just allowing our kids enough space that we can see and receive them for where they're at, knowing that that's going to change again. And we're not going to be able to predict that entirely. Um, I just think we really honor our kids when we Allow them to tell us about what's going on in their hearts and what they're dreaming and thinking about, and mm. showing us how capable they are in areas that, you know, that's been my biggest surprise in the last couple of months is just how capable they are. It's a gift to be able to see that. And I know there's going to be more surprises like that. <laughs> and Just not thinking, well, I don't know. I I don't know if you've ever had this experience where somebody says, oh, well, you are just like this and fill in the blank with some descriptor of you that you just don't necessarily feel like is true about yourself. Or maybe, maybe it is true and you don't see it or maybe it's not true because you have changed somehow in the time span since that person had that conclusion about you. And so that's something I just have my eye on as far as how I regard my kids who are growing into those years of really sorting out some of their likes and dislikes and their, what they want to do with their lives and all that stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. You have to study. It's, It's so true that we're all evolving and changing. Like my son's favorite color was dark blue forever. And all of a sudden it just totally changed. And now it changes almost every day. And it's just this funny little reminder that, wow, you really are changing every day and to pay attention Mm -hmm. and to ask. And it's been sweet. Just that little detail of, wow, you know, it could be the same thing for two years and it could change one day.
2: Yeah. I think that's a really powerful insight. Just treating our kids like they're people, (laughs) you know, I mean, it sounds simple, but it actually, I think a lot of people regard children as so immature that they just can't even you know they can't understand they can't they're not worth um their opinion doesn't count you know and but i think that that's really true like they are deep souls that their opinions are and their thoughts are very worthy of hearing and of just and I think that that's really powerful too. If as parents we can regard our kids as evolving and that, and not to assume the same thing of them today as we experienced yesterday, Yeah, I think that can be a rut that families get into where, you know, even yeah. among siblings as adults, like, oh, you still think of me as that kid sister that always gets, you know, yeah. always annoying or is always mm-hmm. a little past or whatever. And you never see me as an adult and... Um, it's yeah easy it's very easy to have that happen so I think that's yeah. wisdom to be continually looking for that those changes in our kids
0: it's good well I want to wrap this up in a minute but I have one last question that I think if we share our own experiences might be helpful to other moms and this is Like we just talked about asking questions of mothers who are a few steps ahead of us. And I just wanted to ask on the topic of asking questions, how you decide whose input to receive and apply to your life. Because it does seem like there's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes they're helpful and sometimes they're not. And so I'm just curious what your filter is for deciding what is fruitful for you? There's a lot
2: to be said for just trying to keep, keep an open heart, you know, like not to put people into boxes of, oh, you have something that you can say to me, but you don't. And this is, mm-hmm. I think, I, while I do, I just want to preface this by saying, yes, there are people that I definitely would want and seek after their advice over others in my life for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's also been times where I've been really surprised by somebody that said something to me that I just felt like, wow, that's important. I need to I need to be listening. I need to take down that note because I think that was from God. And so I think just be wise. I mean, does the person that is saying this, are they, is this a drive-by, you know, is this a drive-by like, I'm going to bomb you and then I'm going to leave your life and I have, I don't have to be accountable at all to what I've just said, or is this somebody that's like, that knows you, that knows your kids, that's watching and really is in tune with who you are as a person. And sometimes that's family, sometimes that's not. And so just, I think making those kinds of judgments is, is wise. Um, But yeah, just even so to always just have an open heart, like I can always be taught I can always be given wisdom, even from the unexpected places, even from people I may look down upon and don't even realize I'm looking down upon. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to kind of have that posture, I think is important.
1: That's really wise, because it's so true. You just never know who you may get that wisdom from. You know, I think for me, um, it really comes down to women that I feel like are seeking the Lord, seeking wisdom in their own lives. And just watching them raise respectful, hardworking kids Mm -hmm. are two traits that stand out to me, Uh, maybe because I'm in the 3 major stage. And so respect Mm -hmm. is one of our challenges right now, and I'm really working hard Mm -hmm. on it. (laughs) Um, But they tend to be other mamas that I do life with. So I really get to see them more and, you know, ideally would be invested in our family. But I would also say, well, I've got some that are just a step ahead of me. I also do have a group of women Bible study that are decades older mm-hmm. than I am, and I have really intentionally planted myself mm-hmm. there. And you know, it's interesting about that group of women as well. You know, it's easy when you go out of a stage to forget some things, so I don't know if like the day to day practical stuff is as relevant, but just sitting with those women and realizing that so often we're sweating the small stuff and that just how fondly they look back on this season and you know, I don't think they ever belittle or minimize. They remember how hard it was too, but I just look at, you know, them dealing with college age kids or aging parents and just the different challenges. And it's humbled me to realize that each stage is good and hard. And being with those ladies reminds me of what is really good about this season. And I always walk away just like, okay, my children may be driving me crazy, but I love them so much (laughs) and enjoy the snuggles and the sweetness. And so and um, yeah, I just think that the old and the young, there's something really beautiful about those yeah. kind of friendships.
0: Yeah, you both touched on a couple of things that I was going to mention in some fashion or another. And I think for me, the filter that I apply is really as a mother, I want to be pursuing wisdom. I want to seek out wisdom. I want to gather wisdom and bring it close to my heart and just figure out how does this apply to me. And so I really look for women who are not necessarily looking to share their opinions, uh, unless I am like, I'd really love your opinion on this. Um, But there's a lot of people who do just want to you know, kind of polarize issues and be like, "This is the right way to parent," or "That's the wrong way to parent," or I don't know that kind of stuff. Just really shuts me off very quickly, and I um, find myself really gathering the wisdom that they share. That's really just an offering or an overflow of their lives, and less about trying to school me on something. <laughs> and um, you know, it's just kind of like what speaks in your life without the words. And there are situations that I definitely directly seek out. I really need some perspective or some solutions or ideas on this specific, very narrow topic. Um, I will seek some people out for that. But on the whole, I just try to keep my eyes and ears open to gather up and, and store those things away in my heart so that when I encounter something like that, I just have a few tools to try because I think even when you're a new mom, if you have a dozen different voices telling you, this is the right way to diaper, this is the right way to do this, Mm -hmm. or you still have to figure out what's going to work for you. (laughs) You know, like so many of those choices Mm -hmm. are not a right or wrong choice. It's figure out what kind of things you want to put your energy into and what are the things that you want to prioritize and put at the top of your list, and that's going to look different for every mom. And that's one of the reasons why I just really care about our community, not polarizing moms. And Mm. not to say that we don't all come to the table with our experiences and our conclusions we've drawn about one thing or another, but that's what I value so much about the women who write for us and share here on the podcast is that I feel like everybody kind of understands and gets the vision there of wanting to really uphold and encourage and uplift mamas and not just tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> so um mm-hmm. anyway, that's my filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, we got to wrap up, but it's been a very delightful hour with you ladies. And I just appreciate you always jumping in to share in these conversations with me. And especially as I shared some of these vulnerable things, I just want to say that I do welcome people's questions if they have anything they would want to ask me. I wasn't quite ready <laughs> weeks ago to invite those kind of questions and stuff. So, you're welcome to email me. Uh, my email address is hello at kindredmom.com. And I'll also be on the Kindred Mom Facebook page um, and group. So if anybody is in there and just wants to strike up a conversation about it, we can do that too. So uh, any last words? I just think you're phenomenal, Em.
2: And okay. I just bless you and in this season and think that you're doing a terrific job holding your heart loving on your family, and just being faithful to move forward with what God has given you. So thank you so much for sharing. I feel encouraged, and I know so many other women out there do as well, probably particularly those that are currently um, facing adversity, knowing that you are going through it with them and just facing that fear in front of you, and just, refusing to back down. What's happening, and you're amazing, and I'm just honored to be your friend. No, thanks, Song. Mm,
1: Same, we're just so humbled that you're bringing us along the journey and reminding us all what a gift motherhood is at each stage, whether hard or good, that uh, hard does not mean bad, and you're really living that out in such a beautiful Mm, way.
0: Thanks so much, ladies. You are
1: awesome.